0: Let's Get Moving with Maria, inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life.
1: Thank you for joining me for Let's Get Moving. With me today is Dr. Jason Hunzeiker. He's with the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, and we are talking about the winter blues. Let's first of all talk about seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, and how it's different from, say, seasonal depression. What are the differences?
0: So seasonal affective disorder is actually just a subtype of major depression. Um, And the reason it gets its name is uh, because it comes pretty much the same time every year for that individual person. So it's it's, uh, something that somebody will, if they get to know their cycle, they'll know, hey, in October every year, this is what happens to me. Um, And they can just kind of count on that happening. Whereas people who get what what they term like winter blues or something like that, they don't quite reach the level of a depressive episode, and so it wouldn't really fall into that depression. Um, but they, they get some symptoms that are similar, but they're nowhere near as intense or, uh, disabling during the, during that time of the year.
1: Okay. So is it, it's safe to say that many people or how many people would you say do suffer from some sort of seasonal depression?
0: I, I think, it, you know, depending on where you live in, in this country, uh, there's a lot of people, uh, who, who suffer. Um, I think, you know, there's probably, uh, millions of people in the country uh, every, every year that have some type of seasonal depression. And you know, a large proportion of those are, are you know, people between the ages of 18 and 30. People, uh, women have a higher rate of, of seasonal depression than men do. Um, some in the geriatric population is another population where we see a lot of seasonal depression. Um, and again, depending on where you're located in the country, those rates could be a little higher.
1: So how do we fare here in Utah then?
0: Yeah, the Utah, we're at, in one of those states that things are, are much higher uh, than what we would see uh, nationally. And it's mainly because of, well, there's lots of reasons, but, um, but the winters are, are tough on a lot of people. And uh, when, the, when the days are shorter in the winter months, um, people tend to get more depressed and they feel like hibernating more. Um, and there's some theories about the amount of light that we get um, and uh, how that impacts our mood. So I think that being this far away from the equator, days get shorter, daylight savings time doesn't help us a lot because we, we get up and go to work when it's dark and we come home and it's, it's dark. And, and so that can be really challenging for a lot of people.
1: When we talk about it as something like winter blues or seasonal depression, do you have a concern that maybe people are taking it too lightly? Is there a concern that we should be taking some of these things more seriously?
0: Definitely. Yes. And I I think that um, you know, people get into this habit of, well, this happens to me every year, so I'm just going to, you know, cry through December and then I'll be fine. And and you know, it really does disable people and the sad thing is, is there's so much that we can do about it. That there's uh, there, it's a, it's people need to get in and get treatment. It's so easy to to do some things. There's some simple things we can do at home, and then there's other things that you need, you know, your doctor to help with. But we shouldn't ignore it because it can lead to some devastating consequences. Um, people can get suicidal, and of course, that becomes an emergency, and they need to you know dial the new 988 number uh, and get some help immediately if they get suicidal but when it doesn't get to that level people feel like well i just don't do anything in december and january and you know i don't work as much and i don't do much with my kids but you don't have to we don't have to suffer let's take care of it
1: so let's start out with a few of the things that people can maybe start out with at home what are some of the small changes they could make
0: um, well, some of the things they can do is just make sure that they are getting outside in the winter time wintertime. Um, when, when it's dark and it's gray and, uh, you know, it's cold, we tend to not go outside. But just getting some sunlight, even for a minute, even in the gray days, can get us the amount of sunlight that we really need to stay healthy. Um, so getting outside and moving around, um, eating better. I think people don't eat as well, particularly when we have um, – a seasonal depression, we tend to, uh, you know, want to eat more carbs and, and we crave things that aren't so great for us. Um, nobody ever craves, you know, salads and carrots and veggies. And that's what we really need to be eating to um, kind of help ourselves stay, uh, stay well. And, you know, eating more proteins and whole grains, uh, those types of things would be are really helpful for us um, when we have seasonal depression. Um, staying away from triggers that, that make things worse, Decreasing the level of stress, um, giving yourself some time to do something that's really uh, helpful for you to relieve your stress. Something else you could be doing. Um, I think some people plan vacations. Um, that just planning a vacation to somewhere warm can help people feel better about themselves. Um, and then there are some, uh, some studies that uh, show some relationship between vitamin D, which, of course, we get from uh, sunlight, uh, you know, and um, that that can also help. So if we take a vitamin D supplement, it helps with the serotonin, can help with the serotonin production, which is part of what uh, leads to a depression.
1: What are your thoughts on light therapy?
0: Light therapy. Well, Uh, I love it. I mean, I think it works well for a large proportion of people. There are some nice studies um, that are starting to, you know, come out and have over the years that show uh, it's uh, fairly effective for a certain, for this particular type of of depression. Unfortunately, it's not FDA approved, um, which then leads to no regulation of the different devices. And I think early on when um, light therapy came out, um, there was a lot more rigorous like interactions between the developers of the certain uh lights the the phototherapy lamps and researchers so that they could get what was needed and what would be beneficial and then unfortunately, a lot of other people got into the market and just started producing. Uh, things to to try to get people to buy on to some of these new these new lights. So you have to be really careful when you buy uh, buy the light. But there are places, you know, people can look online to find you know uh, therapy lamps that look. Um, very good and have some good ratings.
1: So what would be the best way to do the research? My problem is there is so much information online, whether you're looking for skincare products, and it's really hard to believe when somebody's trying to sell you something, it's hard to know how good their advice really is.
0: Exactly. No, it is. And I think um, the place that a lot of people get um, good benefit from is the Center for Environmental Therapeutics. Um, They have uh, some information there about... Uh, light therapy and how to uh, select the right box, um, and that is a great place to start for, for those kind of things um, because they will point you to the uh, the things to look for in the box, not a maker of a certain box, but at least uh, a way to look for um, what is important in every light therapy box. Uh, Lamp that you you're going to think about purchasing.
1: Yeah, for those of us who maybe have never really experimented or thought of light therapy, what exactly are we talking about? I mean, do you have to sit under the light? Or yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's great. Great question. So um, you, it's they're, they're specially made lamps, and it's really we need to be really clear that it's not it's not like you're sitting there getting a suntan, right? That's not what this is, and and so those lights are not helpful. Uh, for you, and in fact, could probably harm your skin and your eyes and and other things. So so we, we want to filter out the ultraviolet rays um, because that that can be damaging. So we want to make sure first that the lamp doesn't have that. The, the screen size of these are, are... there's multiple out there, but you want to have one that's big enough so that if you're turning your head a little bit, it's not moving that light away from where it needs to go, which is into your eyes. You're not looking into the light, but you need to be able to be close enough to the lamp that it's washing over your face um, and getting into your eyes without you staring at it. So the box needs to be a, a, a fairly decent sized box. These boxes come in countertop models. You can put them on a stand. They can be mounted to a wall. Any of those will work, but you want it in a position where you can sit there comfortably On your computer, reading a book, drinking your coffee, first thing in the morning for about 30 minutes is how much light you need. Um, It needs to be at least a 10,000 lux light, and that's really how they just measure how much illumination is coming out of that lamp so 10,000 lux are, are greater. Um, usually it's like 10,000 to 50,000. I think they come in, uh, the, the good ones. Um, it also decreases the amount of time that you need to be in front of it, the higher the lux it is, so it, it can make it faster in the morning. Um, you sit about 20 inches, 24 inches from this box, and you just sit there and do your thing. And, uh, and do that first thing in the morning. You want to kind of simulate... The sun coming up, and that's how your your brain will interpret that information when that light is in your face.
1: Hmm. I'm wondering also if there if there are benefits just to having other lights up like decorative lights. I know that Christmas lights for me yeah. personally yeah. make a huge difference, and I don't want to take them down till the end of January
0: exactly exactly. I, I don't know that the the light itself will provide this same kind of benefit that we're, we were just talking about. However, I think Christmas lights make people feel good. And so the fact that that um, they're up and you're, you're feeling good about it, leave them up. I think keeping your room lit in, in the mornings in particular helps your body want to get up and get going. If we sit in the dark and we sit in that kind of our little cave, um, it's harder to get moving. And so brightening up the day will be, uh, will be helpful just for that purpose. And then using one of these lights, you know, in the morning, um, I think uh, it really does then put the body in a better uh, state of mind to do what it needs to do.
1: You mentioned uh, better nutrition and vitamin D and getting outside. Uh, what role does exercise itself play in helping with depression?
0: exercise is, is very good, particularly in this, in this age group that we're talking about here, uh, 18 to 30. Uh, there's some studies that show that, that the exercise is almost as good as taking an antidepressant in that age group. So if our body's up and we're moving, we're, we're, we're doing some things to help us feel healthy, uh, it's going to be very beneficial.
1: All right. Is there anything that I haven't thought of that you would like to add?
0: Um, well, we didn't really talk about some of the symptoms, I don't think. Oh, let's and let's do
1: that. When do we know when it's really a serious
0: thing? Exactly. And I think that that's um, super helpful is that when you start to notice uh, over a period of two weeks or longer that you're starting to feel sad, down, blue almost all day long, that you're losing interest in the activities that you used to enjoy, uh, that you uh, have limited energy, motivation, desire to get up and do things. Uh, you start maybe to have feelings that, uh, of, uh, that your self-esteem is decreasing, that the world seems bleak and dreary and hopeless, uh, those kind of things. Um, that's when you're really starting to feel super depressed. People with seasonal affective component to that tend to oversleep a lot, Uh, They start to crave carbohydrates, maybe eat a lot more food than they would normally eat. They'll gain some weight uh, and their body does tend to feel really heavy. Arms, legs feel like they're almost, you know, like you're lifting 20 pound weights to try to move. Uh, That's when you need to be getting in and talking to your, your doctor about what to do next.
1: I would imagine that big stressors combined with all of those factors can really set a person off as well.
0: Definitely, keeping a family
1: member or something like that.
0: Well, even good stress, holidays. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's are are really challenging for a lot of people because there's just there's so much stress associated with you know having dinners with family and friends and and making all the parties and uh, getting the right Christmas gift for people. That really does add to things. And then if you compound that with kids get out of school. They're off for the Christmas break, um, so you're you're doing more to try to entertain during that time as well. All of those stressful events can add to people who are susceptible or prone to um, to seasonal affective disorder, and uh, and then those people are people who, of course, have you know a family history of someone who uh, has depression uh, or some other form of mood disorder like bipolar disorder. Uh, so. Uh, if you know your family history, that can help you predict um, what to do next or what to watch for.
1: First step to get help. Where is the first place someone should turn?
0: Uh, depending on how, how uh, you're feeling. If you're suicidal, like I said earlier, you need to just pick up the phone and dial 988. I mean, that's that'll help get you to a crisis line. Um, and that will get you um get you some help right away if you feel like okay, this is the thing that happens to me every year. you can start with your primary care doctor, you go in and talk about that you can talk about medication management uh for this there are some specific antidepressants that people use uh at times for for seasonal affective disorder you can Start taking them six to eight weeks before you know your symptoms start so you can be ready and, and try to mitigate those symptoms. Other people do really well with therapy, which can also be something your, your primary care provider can help you with. Of course, here at Huntsman Mental Health Institute, we can also help with those. People can call and we can give people referrals uh, to uh, therapists and providers that can help get their needs met. Uh, for their uh, seasonal affective disorder.
1: Okay, one final thing. What do you say to those people who say, I don't like taking antidepressants, they just numb me. Is that a myth or or what is, is there something to that?
0: I think there is something to that. I I do think that we're all different and uh, I think that sometimes the uh, certain antidepressants will create this kind of a numb feeling. But I would say to them that you're on the wrong antidepressant then and it's not, every antidepressant it's that antidepressant and even though they're they're similar in the way they act in the brain they are all chemically different structures and so we need to if that one doesn't work let's try another one and if you know a couple in the same class of like SSRIs don't work then we move to the next class of antidepressants the SNRIs and if those don't work and then we have these kind of atypical antidepressants as well so there are plenty of options, um, but I wouldn't settle for something that made me feel numb or gave me serious side effects, but I would keep going back to my provider and say, we need to try something else.
1: Yeah, and we shouldn't be seeing this as a weakness.
0: Exactly not a weakness. No, this is this is a medical problem that, that people have. This is just like any other medical problem you would see your provider for, and um, there's no reason for you to suffer from this because you feel like, well, if I just think happy thoughts, I'm going to be fine. That's just not true. I mean, it, it, I think being trying to be positive is definitely helpful, but it's a medical issue that needs to be addressed in some way. And, and not everybody has to take medicine, therapy. We talked about some things that can be done at home, but it needs to be addressed. And Uh, And we want people to feel like they can come in and talk about these things just like any other um, uh, medical problem that they might be struggling with.
1: Doctor, thank you so much for your time today.
0: You bet. Let me know if you need anything else.
1: Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.